You're listening to Interviews, the podcast that cracks the entrepreneurship code. I'm your host, Laurent Autain. I'm an entrepreneur, coach to entrepreneurs, and startup mentor with more than 20 years' experience running companies and advising entrepreneurs. Being an entrepreneur is the most difficult job there is. There are no practical guidelines. So join me every week and learn how you can better navigate your entrepreneurship journey and become an exceptional entrepreneur. Hello, thank you for joining. This is Interviews 110. Today, I'm chatting with Gabriela Pulido, the founder of Scalto, a creative consultancy that helps Hispanic and Latin American B2B service businesses design truly scalable business models to grow over time. She founded Scalto in 2020, but she isn't a rookie entrepreneur. She co-founded and ran and, and, and run, yes, a brand intimacy, intimacy, oh, I can't say it today, a brand intimacy agency called Emblem for nearly 16 years prior to current role. Thank you very much for joining me today. Thank you so much, Laurent. Um, yes, super interesting today to have this conversation and to share some entrepreneurship and some, yes, I've become like what you might call a serial entrepreneur, if you will. But, uh, yeah, so, t- but so yes. tell us a little bit about your journey. So I started off with the entrepreneurship journey. Um, you might call it by accident, mm-hmm. just because I was part of, uh, I've, I've been in management consulting and then in brand consultancy after um, a series of events happening in my country. The company that was I was working for um, decided to leave. So future okay. brand left and that at that time, which is a branding agency. And I had and uh, clients that, Venezuela, 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 right? Yes. A slightly different, uh, political situation yeah. there, but, um, yeah. So neighboring countries and what, uh, what happened was that I, I decided that, um, yeah, I was going to continue, uh, servicing my clients because the client was first. And we created my first uh, entrepreneurship run. No, mm. it was more on on a run. It was more uh, it hit the ground running because I had two launches and I had the people to run and people to uh, and a team to run. And um, the idea was well, we created at that point Emblem, which was a, a, a brand agency, is a brand agency. So I. I did that with my partners in New York, Dubai, Mexico, and and created the whole uh, company. And uh, by by that time, fast forward twenty twenty, I had already created like sixteen hundred brands in 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 my course of a year, create years, and created many many talents that I would touch later in terms mm. of the network that I created and or that work have worked for me and with me. And um, that's that's when I decided to migrate. Well, five years ago, I decided to migrate from Venezuela to Miami, which okay. is my base now. Um, having personal, I mean, challenges in a way. It was education, security, safety, and everything that was happening in my country. I decided to, yeah. and the opportunities were more in in place where I was in in Miami. And I that was that came about because I was I was servicing many two or three clients in in Miami. So I was going back and forth. I started here. So once I had landed in Miami, I started realizing that I had to adapt because it was completely different 
atmosphere, completely different market, competitive space, and even the selling process was completely different. So I had mm. to adapt, understand. So once I came here, I I interviewed like 150 people one-on-one, understanding what are the, and bear in mind, that was before the Miami tech boom that we're seeing now. Yeah. Um, and so I decided that once I, I landed here, I, I saw the opportunity of going beyond branding or going beyond creating the brands for people is actually having what the brand can do to scale, what that, what that lever meant uh, to small, medium-sized companies. And that's when, like March 1st, I exited my company, the, the, the previous one, and created Scalto. Mm. So 2020 it rings a bell. March yeah. it's COVID time. It's on the best time ever. <laughs> yes, I've never, I'm never gonna miss that date ever. So I created um, Scalto, and just be, I, I, I was confident that I was determined, and that um, this was the route that I should take in terms of having the right the right tool set or the right blueprint or the right process system system in place so that I can create a scaling mindset, understand what the narrative and the branding and the story behind that company. And then what was the experience? So I created this whole system so that I can take the company from um, 10 to hundred. And uh, the idea is, was to uh, scale companies. All right. You, you mentioned that when you moved to, uh, to Miami, you had to learn. That's it. This is an interesting uh, subject for me. What are, what are the differences between doing business in uh, Venezuela, being an entrepreneur in Venezuela, versus being an entrepreneur in Miami and doing business over there? Well, um, first of all, the network. Your network completely mm. changes. So we're in the B2B service-based uh, industry. So yeah. in, in a way that your network, what was before, which is, and I was I was sending Venezuela, Colombia, or the Latin American, the Caribbean nations. It's not only Venezuela, but when I came here, Miami is the capital of Latin America. So you have to understand that everybody might speak Spanish, but their Spanish is different. And uh, like you wouldn't put every English speaking person in the same bucket. You would, it would be different. Mm. The Australia different from the San Francisco. Mm. And so every different country had or every different um I mean, segment had a had a had a need so i would understand what was the need uh there's different jobs to be done there were different um interests and even being part of the first world it, there were needs like basic also for people coming in from south america to the u.s and likewise from north america to the U to latin america and understanding what were the needs and uh, a friend of mine told me, no, Gabby, you come here and, and there is plenty of space for all of us. And she was like a competitor of mine in, mm. in a way and super smart. And it's like, absolutely, there's a space if you create your niche. And so that process was trying to create my niche and, and trying to understand where I can leverage my my strengths uh, yeah. better in, in, in a way. But yeah, and, and then understand, I mean, and maybe in South America, you would talk to the president of a company. Here you talk to the CMO, or or maybe you would talk to maybe the 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 appointment was more direct. Here is more okay as a you have to go different stages, mm. or or the expectations things in our countries and Latin America, um, their scarcity is so much that that you you figure it out, 
Everything's mm. figure outable in, in a way. So there's no no internet, no, there's no light, there's no electricity. You figure it out. You, yeah. you can't because you're tending your market that they don't understand that. Yeah. In a way abroad, if you're doing exporting your services. So it's more like the determination, the perseverance that that you can come across and you can get your message in. But by the same token, things such as the going back to basics as to why your brand, why do you exist? It, it's it's a universal thing. Mm. So in my my mind, those that year, I started saying, okay, how can I connect these dots? I know how to do this. How can I connect the dots in this new marketplace? Right. Is it easier to be an entrepreneur in America? It's different. It's different. Uh, um, um, like in Venezuela, I would know everybody, so I wouldn't go sell. I didn't go. I didn't. I had. I have actually. I have a team of fifteen in Venezuela, and I don't, mm. I don't need to go to sell projects. Yeah, yeah. I don't need to go and look for clients. The clients they know us and they know what we do. And, and here you need to go because it's it's so gigantic the market that yeah. you need to go and target it. When we prepare the we first met, when we prepare this interview together, mm -hmm. you told me something that stuck with me. You said the agency model needs to be revised. I don't know if you remember that. Can you explain what you mean by that? So for me, the agency model uh, has is under a lot of stress and mm. and pressure in a way like AI. You would the the whole. Uh, technological and yeah the digital transformation is a real thing um, things that you would do and you would expect it to be done in I don't know three months six months it's done in five minutes over yeah. um, some type of program that can done and then it becomes more uh, as to how you curate all the information in, in I heard the other day a term infoxication, like terms of infoxication. Yeah, <laughs> intoxicated with so much yeah. with so much information out there. What? So we become the model becomes more, uh, and for me the agency is like the director or the or the president or director of the company or the agency sells the the project, and then you have a team and you another way to scale to have is to have more projects or more engagements than having on the base of. And it comes to in a way, how do you how do you scale those? Mm -hmm. And the scalability becomes either technology enabled or systems enabled, because in a way you have 24 hours. And, and as a as a president of my company, I have 24 hours. I'm at billing mm -hmm. time. It, it, I can't expand to 30 hours. I it, it, it's 24. So and I need to do other things. So the idea of for me, the model needs to change in terms of. How do you make it, um, how do you go from do everything for your client, for your client, as opposed to do it with your client? And then the next model would be how would do it yourself? How would the client do it themselves? And mm. in a way as, as to guide it by your, by your insights. And uh, that's where I saw the, I was, I like to tend my, the clients that I work with. I like if, if I, I get, um, because it's, it's trust. It's something that I like to, I like to put forward. So the, the moment that I, I do delegate, I have an amazing team and team, uh, but I'd like to see what's happening. So it comes away when you have 30, it, it, it becomes unmanageable. Let's talk about uh, scaling up because that's what you do today. Mm -hmm. uh, 
I don't want you to give you all the secrets, <laughs> but yeah. how, how can companies, because this is the big, you know, this is a big thing. Like everybody, every startup from those is talking about, oh, scaling up, scaling up fast. How can companies mm -hmm. truly scale up? So we scale companies with the branding and communications perspective. We don't do, I mean, supply chain, which is in, in vogue at this point, uh, supply chain consultancy, we, we do on the branding communications. So for us, it's it's very important, or or the or the keystone is you need to understand where you're heading. So any direction can take you anywhere. Um, so you need to understand where you're heading and how do you get that? We provoke um, this creative process of, of of challenging the status quo, challenging what is is what was typically thought as like tunnel vision, like explore what's happening beyond and why would you hire this brand and why would you, why would people in who, what keeps them up at night mm -hmm. and understanding what are you traveling solves if you're solving for a big, um, I don't know, expensive and urgent um, issue for your consumer or your client. And that's like the first um, stage that we're, we're head, we head towards that why, that understanding yeah. where you're heading. The next, it would be, the next is, once you know where you're heading, is, okay, understand what's your story, what's your narrative? Mm -hmm. How are you taking that forward? How, how are you connecting? So that is, you understand what's your thought leadership, what's your story, and then how's your brand behaving? Is your brand in sync with that? And bear in mind, brand is, not, is much more than logo. Yeah. So we go... And say, okay, yeah, it's a name, it's a color, it's a shape, but it's much more than a logo, much more than than, than that uh, design, if you will. So we understand that if the brand is in sync, or in the, the narrative is in sync with what where you're heading, and then understand that the experience, every touch point that your consumer, your clients go through, needs to have that same consistent um, experience. Um, feel as to where you want it to go if you want to say a fun happy place make it every experience a fun happy place if you want it to be i don't know a bank uh, you want to have safety or security you want to have um, confidence you have trust you want to have okay make it so that it's trustworthy of, of the people your consumer your, your your clients time and that's what we do in essence if you built that backbone um it it has it has traction to it has the ability to generate traction in order to scale and we we define scale as grow beyond your costs in a, in a more in a sustainable matter matter. What do you see are are the, the the main struggles of your clients? So the main struggles is to really understand the why why and you probably, you most likely have heard of Simon Sinek oh, yeah, in a yeah, way. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. So, yeah. so just understand, and and people say, oh, that is maybe not the case. It, it helps you define what you truly, because if you are committed, if you are, if, if that is that's the passion. Also, word is also depending who you talk to. If that's mm -hmm. if that's what drives you, motivates you every day, make it real, make it happen. So. And, and the struggle is, so I have a client who's like, I know, and he has an amazing SaaS and the software working and the best kept secret. But it, you, you, if you're selling it, if you're telling your customer, saying your client saying it's the best kept secret, no, no, no. What is it that you're solving for them? And so 
that peeling down and opening up and what's your essence is super important and, and it's tough but it's something that once you do it it, it becomes like super clear the rest it it mm. gets everything unstuck at the at the pro and during the process yeah i, I completely uh, uh, agree with you it's but it's very interesting because every time we come back to that the purpose to the why to you know start start with the end in mind every time every conversation i have with entrepreneurs we always come back to that point it's crazy yeah <laughs> and 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 go being an entrepreneur you always i mean i i do help a lot of entrepreneurs i'm part of the endeavor mentor group yeah. and i help entrepreneurs um from different areas from cpgs from fintechs and and it all goes down okay great you have an amazing coconut water it's like what is that uh, why would custom why would clients why would customers buy buy your product and no it's because it's it's uh, it has electrolytes whatever and no no no. why why are they and they have plenty of options so why would they go so go in and narrow it down it's it's really important for them and once they realize it's like a big aha uh -huh. Yeah. Once they understand where, why they 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 are, so so the next thing is, what you don't communicate is not known. Mm. So, and if you if you communicate the wrong things, the wrong things are going to be known. Mm. So the idea is the the next is your story. Get your story right, so that when you where you're heading, get your story right. Yeah, I find I find like um, a lot of startup funders that I mentor, they have a lot of difficulties getting out of their technical solutions because they this thing from their you know point of view they don't they don't put themselves into the shoes of the of their customers so they can't understand the, the why but even 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 companies i mean i would i have advice companies that they would produce i don't know cornmeal mm. and uh and they they there's a food industry so they would say okay the rice department the corn department and the and wheat department it's like no 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 we're solving for the same breakfast. So people we might might have an arepa. Arepa is what we have in, in South America. Mm. It's cornmeal. It's delicious. You need to try it. Um, uh, or you want to have a pancake. Or you want to have, I don't know, oatmeal, whatever it is. that It's it's breakfast mm. um, time. Is it what it is that it's solving for? It's his fast breakfast. It's his under rush. It's for kids. It's, so understand it's not the ingredients that makes, uh, it, it makes, why and how the your consumer the who is it very important at this point is who is it, it who is who is it for and at what point and was the 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 opportunity there it's time for a short announcement over the years i've learned three critical things about entrepreneurship one being an entrepreneur is a calling two entrepreneurship is a mindset and three, the biggest risk you face as an entrepreneur is becoming the bottleneck in your business. When you're the bottleneck, you're stuck. And when you're stuck, your business is stuck. So if it happens, you need to A, work on your mindset and make sure it's back into the right place. And B, implement specific tactics to get unstuck. In my new ebook, I share eight of those tactics which will help you unlock situations and strive as an entrepreneur. Watch out, it's not just another ebook. It's based on hundreds of conversations with entrepreneurs 
on my podcast with my clients and peers. It contains 8,055 words over 38 pages. Each tactic comes with a set of practical tips or exercises so you can immediately apply the tactic into your business. Grab your copy of my free ebook, Eight Tactics to Strive as an Entrepreneur, on my website. You will find the link in the show notes. And now let's go back to the episode. And then my question to you is, uh, what's your why? So there's no creative challenge too big to solve yeah. creatively. So when people come to me, it's like, okay, I don't know about how might and might I enter I'm very successful in Brazil I want to enter into the U.S. and um, okay let's figure it out so in terms of I would go to my blueprint go to my process and anyway it's just like a system but it's not every it's not cookie cutter because every every company every situation is completely different so I'd like to solve creative I like a big challenge mm. um like for instance, this bank that had an immediate um, and and here in in Miami had an immediate um, instruction to to detach from the or their are origins. So it was super fast project. It's a legacy brand it has like more than seventy years in my home country, and they had to change. Mm-hmm. It was it was not it was external forces that are telling them they need to change. Um, so how do I come about it? So my 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 creative juices were like, okay, so where are we? Who? Why? And it starts about why we defined that uh, it was no longer a a Venezuelan bank. It was more. It's not going to be an immigrant bank. It's not going to be. It was going to be a community bank. Community bank in South Florida. It makes a difference as opposed to being the other. So we came about. Okay, so he, the interesting side of it. It was not that the um, that their consumers had changed is that their internal, their staff, their talent, their people needed to understand the change. Ooh. So we leveraged we leveraged on what the legacy brand had, and we pivoted and we created something. So you would see some letters, some names, some colors, some things that would resonate from the past, yeah. and then uh, move them forward with but a very were, exciting were, background. Were they assuming that their customers had changed? There's summers it comes the customers are changing just because uh, it was no longer just a, a tiny group it was more a community bank as opposed to right. a, an immigrant bank right and and that is the back obviously the back everything changed and the brand had the ability to to showcase what was happening in a way mm. and lead the way mm. so my why is to help entrepreneurs like yourself not be the bottleneck in their businesses. <laughs> and so um, do you remember a time where you've been the bottleneck in your business? Absolutely. I just want to <laughs> take that. Absolutely. And, and, and that is, it's a very good why. And uh, for me, it's more, I like a month ago, I told my partner in, in, in Caracas, I said, listen, I'm going to fire mas- myself. He's like, Why? What I'm firing myself. I'm no longer gonna be part of this. Um, you manage. I I'm gonna take a different. Uh, it's not that I'm exiting and I'm gonna take a different role. So I'm exiting from this role. It's your you're accountable. 
so it plays on the accountability and on empowerment of people and you can empower them but they need to be accountable for what for what they're doing so yeah. those two words are for me are important but yes um i've been once you start micromanaging is um you something that has helped a lot i don't know if your listeners have is um um eos system it's mm-hmm. about a body yes okay so that system if you look at it there's a book called traction which mm-hmm. i i came about like a, a year almost two years ago it's amazing it's something that structures uh companies from zero to 200 people and um and that in that way structures your business so that you handle the right things like what's your vision what's your people how's your processes how's your um all the data that you're using and 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 in in essence it, it it's a it's a for me it's a framework to to handle a business and and with that in mind i say okay maybe i am no longer an integrator i'm no longer an operator i'm more like a visionary of a company so play the role of visionary so mm-hmm. long answer to your question is like yes i've been a bottleneck and it takes courage. I mean, for me, for me, it takes guts to say, okay, I am no longer needed. They they yeah. are flying solo. They're doing amazing, and I trust my team. Yeah, yeah. It's a it's a great bottleneck symptom, by the way. <laughs> not not evolving as the company as the company grows. It's a, mm-hmm. it's one that is often mentioned. What other lessons have you have you learned throughout your entrepreneurship journey? I mean, we're talking about twenty more than twenty years as an entrepreneur now. Yeah, okay, kind of. Um, yes, I've been, I've been, um, 2004, it was the, the, the day, the day, <laughs> the day, the day. Um, July, July 4, 2004. Um, yeah, the, um, important lessons, the team always wins. I mean, mm-hmm. you, you need to have a team. Um, I don't like to work solo. I like to work with teams. And for me, it's that that's part of the system persevere persistence is 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 mm-hmm. one of the one of the things that if the consistency of your actions and and the way trust where you're heading and it's 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 re- okay to redirect understand and if you fail i don't know if you i i, I used to I, I hear scott galloway and and Kara swisher and pivot pivot i don't know if you heard of that one but that's he's like if you're gonna fa- if it's a massive fail just say it say mm. it and i'm uh, i failed here i'm sorry uh this is my plan to 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 um to act upon it so i have i have had many failures and in, in a way i have learned for me learning opportunities and being open-minded as to what can change and how whatever took you to step a it's not going to take you to step c so so figure it out that things understand that things are going to flow and if something that uh, like you can't have in your mind like everything's going to be all right at the very end you might be worried i said it to Bruno, you worry a lot yeah and uh and i had like a coach tell me like all these worrying gabby it's you're killing brain cells at a faster speed than you're reproducing them so that, that's not a good sign yeah. so okay let's let's not go in circles try to solve and what can you solve and eat your eat your big fat frog at the very beginning of the, of the day also this is not by the way it's my morning it's your afternoon this is great 
<laughs> but uh but yeah that's that's lessons that i see that um that i think be have this vision have everybody know where you're heading mm. and uh in, in essence that's and don't expect that if you say it once if you tell them everybody you have this amazing pdf that you're or or video that you're uh, i mean distributing no, no 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 you have to drill it you have to make it make it part of the system right. and uh and walk your talk well that, that, that was a lot <laughs> that was a lot that was a lot and what, what many you, years many years. <laughs> what have you discovered about yourself as an entrepreneur um the way i can learn the way mm. i can like for instance i'm currently i'm i'm super curious about what's coming about so machine learning and the whole system as to what I know how to do, how can I that how can that replicate it and have it more effectively. So that curiosity ever since I studied engineering at Columbia University, I coming today, it, it's still there. So mm. that surprises me that I'm still uh they would ask my kids, I have four kids, so my kids would ask, Mom, how can how can you read this and see this and mm. i think things um the persi the persistence that have at, at this point that have surprised me is like okay you're still at it amazing all right we're coming to the end of this um uh interview uh two more questions the first one take all your experience everything you have learned into one practical recommendation to other entrepreneurs what would it be trust your and trust your guts huh. Why are you saying that? If something doesn't feel right, it's not right. You said walk, walk the talk, so it feels like <laughs> you walked, you walked the path before. <laughs> You're like, ah, oh, that is that is something that I have something, mm. and maybe you're you're in a case you're super, you have uh, you have a time crunch, you're low in staff, and you find this beautiful person that you think it's this person that you think it's going to be amazing for you yeah. to and then you say okay no this is not you hire them it's like oh i was just projecting what i wished i had but it's not the right person not the right fit so trust your your instincts and last question how can people contact you so they can contact me at my website and um, they would say scalto, which is S-C-A-L-T-O dot com. There you can book a session and either me or my partner would have a conversation understanding what's your scaling um, assessment and how are you ready to scale and understand what your problems are. And, and we we figure out a way to solve for it. either that or my email, which is Gabriella with one L. You pronounce it perfect. So it's Gabriella P at scalto.com, which is S-C-A-L-T-O.com. Excellent. Well, thank you very much, Gabriela. Thank you. And thank you for listening. If you like this show, leave a review on your favorite podcast platform so you can help inspire more entrepreneurs. And don't forget, don't be the bottleneck in your business. See you next time. Bye-bye.